I wanted to be Mormon. I still do. I still do. If this is my tribe, right? Like we can get into this. This is my tribe, and I want to be Mormon. I want to be Mormon. Na, na, na. yet it's not my fault that the story doesn't add up it's not my fault that the facts don't lead to a way of putting this back together in a way that you go yeah all right that makes sense i believe again like that's yeah. not my fault that's not my problem really are you sure about that bill <laughs> this is infants on thrones the philosophies of men mingled with humans we are the core Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is episode 553. The X Files, Bill Reel's Morning After. That's what we're calling it, you see. Because, yeah, last night, Bill Reel was excommunicated from the Mormon church. The Mormon, Mor- from the Mormon, Mormon, Mormon church. He was excommunicated from it. The name Mormon was blotted right off of his. Right, or he, he was blotted off. The, I don't know. There was some blotting. There was some definite blotting going on last night. He didn't get to bed until 2 a.m. And he woke up super early this morning to share his experience with me and Tom. Because he's a trooper. Bill Real is a trooper. So let's get right to it. And I was still driving and you guys were all just talked for an hour while I, you waited for me to get back to my house. R- really? Yeah. No, no, no. Last time it was you yeah. and me in the morning. We did this. No, not not that one. The one with where Matt and, and Tom were with me. And Yeah, that doesn't count. That was right. that was over a year ago. That's water. Okay, and great. That's great. It, never, it, it, it might as well have never even happened. I should go back. This <laughs> repentance thing works. Let's do it. No, it has been excommunicated from my memory. Uh, oh, too soon? Yeah. Ex- no, no, actually, let me tell you guys something. This... This is actually been, I'm, I am, was so calm yesterday and I feel so good this morning. And yeah, young called me uh, two weeks ago and said, Bill, let me give you a heads up on what you're going to feel afterwards. And so I was preparing myself to feel lots of crazy stuff. And the reality, it's none of that. Really? Uh, I was so calm and I go into that room. I don't know if you guys are recording. I'm hoping you are. I, yeah, I'm recording. So just, Great. I know we've got a little bit of, just a little bit of time. So just go. Great. Go, so, go. Um, so yesterday, two days ago, uh, not yesterday, the day before, that morning I was a little emotional. I felt a lot of anxiety in my body. I was crying a little bit. Um, yesterday I was calm as could be. I don't know why that was. I should have been nervous. Why? And why should you I, have been nervous? I don't know. Because you're going to walk into a room with 15 guys who don't have a right. clue about the history of the church, and they get to judge that you're the moron, right? right. You're no, the guy who they don't. No, well, they do. In their minds, they they're do. they're playing they're playing a game of pretend that you've seen yeah. through, and you don't acknowledge them anymore. So, like, I don't I don't know. Is it that? Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm I'm curious to hear. So I, I'll I'll stop in, enforcing my own. Uh, no, you're fine. Yeah, it actually yeah. went. I'm, I yeah. I released um I released a rough outline this morning of the things that I talked about. Again, I go into the room. So you did you sign like the the non disclosure? Man, it's 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 the lamest piece of paper, and it 
they don't even say the name of the church right. They spelled it with a capital D on Latter Day. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it just was this thing that you know the executive secretary for the stake must have just wrote up twenty minutes earlier or something. Right. It was just lame. Yeah. So yeah, we certainly signed it. Did you sign um, your was, temple name so that as soon as you were exed, it would be invalid and then it wouldn't matter anymore? Geez. No, I signed it William McClellan. Actually, I signed it <laughs> with my name. I signed my name and my wife signed her name, but I just don't see it as legally binding. So we'll see how this yeah. plays out in the next few days. I'm I'm not in the mood to, I guess you should say not in the mood. I'm not, I'm not really in the, in a place where I want to have a conversation about whether I recorded it or whether I didn't and what we're doing, <laughs> what we're doing with whether I recorded it or what, what we're not doing, whether I didn't record it, but awesome. because okay. I want, because the decision hasn't been made yet. So I walk into the room and I'm sitting in these two chairs, me and my wife furthest away from everything. Um, it's this long room and it's this long table. It's like in the movies where one guy's on the end, one end of the table and 47 feet away on this other end of the table is this other guy. It was at the <laughs> stake center, right? Yeah. It's at okay. the stake center. Uh, yeah, it's in the high and down the sides are all the high councilmen. Yeah. Um, the stake president, uh, gives some opening remarks. He reads a paper and, and he's shaking. Uh, he's nervous. And this has been emotionally rough on him, a lot rougher mm-hmm. on him, to be honest. than it turned out being on me. On the state um, president? Yeah, he was. He he hasn't slept a whole lot. He's been sick. He's had a lot of anxiety. Oh, uh, so so I do feel there's some level of feeling sorry for him because he sure. he you know he just happened to have me move into his stake right. Yeah, um, he's in, he's the in between a rock and a hard place with you. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, he gives this opening statement where he says, you know, I've gotten to know the reels. He's met us twice, which I it's kind of hard to say you've really spent a lot of energy with us, but. He met us twice and he says, you know, I got to know the reels and they've got integrity. They've been honest. This isn't about any of that kind of stuff. It's not an immoral issue that they're here for. We love them. We wish the best for them. Then he lays out the charges. He throws down uh, the elder Holland, liar, liar, pants on fire with uh, the Facebook post yeah. with a liar stamp on it. And he shows the whole room that he shows uh, a post with elder, uh, with elder Ballard uh, with a liar stamp. And uh, lays out some other charges, but they're much more minor than those two. Those are the two big ones that you, you called apostles of the Lord liars. They didn't do anything when we did like the fuck you to Bednar thing. That's still on YouTube. That's insane. But I guess, uh, I guess Bednar, Bednar has a little less worry about this kind of stuff. Felder Hall is the Ballard. Bednar is the one who chooses to not be offended. Right. So Isn't that it? Right guy. <laughs> <laughs> that must be it. Yeah. So uh, after he gets done with the charges, he says, you've got 60 minutes. And uh, he says, if you know, you want to speak first, your wife wants to speak first and looked over at my wife and she was, I think wanting me to go first just to set the tone. So I said, All right, I'll go first. So uh, I laid out the, the 10 most problematic issues in Mormonism. And I did it in a way where I just told my story first. You know, I was a 17 year old kid. I'm a 29 year old Bishop. I'm a 32 year old Bishop whose shelf comes down. And I'm just looking these guys in the faces and I'm not stuttering and I'm not stammering. And these guys are looking at me. I've heard of courts where these guys all just look down and these guys were looking. And as I walked them through the story, I'm talking about Joseph Smith's first seer stone and his second seer stone. And I can see the, the fact that I'm not reading papers and looking in their eyes as I tell the entire history of the church and all of its messiness in those main 10 issues, these guys right away, recognize like number one, this guy knows his stuff mm-hmm. and he's telling his details. We've never heard before. So you start to sense and see people's jaws dropping. And I don't mean the whole room because you're not going to get the whole room right in the, re- in reality, you're hoping you get one guy 
to to be Elma the Elder there in the room while you're right. Abenadi, right? While you're Abenadi, and, yeah. and I'm telling you guys, there are three to five guys this morning whose shelves are are stacked. Oh, um, got some eyebrows it, raised, did you? It was so when I got so I went through all of that. Then I talked about elevation emotion, which is the psychological mechanism that looks just like the Holy Ghost, except it's exp- explained in secular ways, right? It's explained <laughs> by science in the brain and uh, psychology. Mm-hmm. And after elevation emotion, uh, I went into the unhealthiness of the church. So then we talked about the LGBT issues, a little bit of feminism, uh, people who have doubts, and there was one more. Um, Oh, uh, asking kids sexual questions behind closed doors. Oh, wow. And as I laid it out, I'm talking about boundaries. I'm talking about like how we shame and marginalize. And I'm just telling you guys, I felt like I'm one of these guys. I get pretty good at talking in front of a microphone. And um, when I'm answering questions at a Q&A at a fireside, I handle those things pretty well. This was like, other than maybe 10 seconds of stammering during the 60 minutes, I thought I was on like my A plus game the whole night. So what, what did you do to get into that mind space, Bill? Like, did you meditate um, before you get in there or what? No. I, so the thing is over seven years, I've done so many Q and A's with doubters and presentations at youth conferences at Purdue university. I've just, it's my element. If I'm talking to my mom on the phone, I get nervous. And if I talk to 2000 people at a podium, I just, it doesn't bother me. It's the thing yeah. I like. You got in the zone, it's, huh? I'm the opposite of everybody else. I'm the guy who wants to give the sacrament talk, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and this was my last chance to give my last sacrament talk. So I just took advantage of it. So when I got done, uh, the stake president then opened it up to the high councilman for Q&A. And three or four did, of these did guys... You, did you have the full 60 minutes that, that they were going to give to you? Yeah, I probably used 55 minutes. My wife then spoke for a little bit. Uh, basically just saying well, like, that's not equality bill. I know. I know my, my <laughs> wife is made it clear. She's not the talker in our family. And you can probably sense that from how much I, I babble on. <laughs> um, she spoke essentially about watching in the background and watching me work with people who are at the brink yeah. of divorce and sure. in tears and going through a faith crisis. Yeah. Uh, and she says, I've done, you know, just watched my husband do nothing but help people make sense of this and save their marriages and, and, and exit that stage of hurting. Um, so that gets done. And these high councilmen start to ask questions and their questions. Uh, the first one was, you know, why don't you resign? Which I was expecting. And so I, t- I just gave the, the normal conversation I usually do to that question around being in, this is being my tribe. And this is, this is the language and symbols I've been learned to grow up in this world with. And, and, you know, yeah, I'm not going to go to church. It's not healthy, but, it's, uh, it's also not something I'm going to just intentionally choose to leave either. And so you're going to have to tell me that I, I don't belong here. But then I get three or four high councilmen who start talking about if Brother Real has, has laid out things that are true, and these things seem true, uh, because he looks like he knows what he's talking about, then we don't know what to, how to handle this. One high councilman in particular, we get to the very end, and there's three high councilmen who are being asked if the proceedings operated in a way that was fair and just to me. And those guys uh, talk about that and they say, yep, we gave Brother Real plenty of time to talk. He seems to address everything we've asked him. And he seems to have addressed everything in full. Like we, we've gotten a response to each of these. And then the three guys on the other side were to uh, speak to whether the proceedings had been fair and just to the church. 
And the one guy, and I'm not kidding you, again, we'll, we'll give me a few days to process kind of um, what went on in that room. But he says something to the effect of, uh, here we are tonight, gentlemen, to uh, protect the integrity of the church. But from what Brother Real has just said, the church doesn't have any integrity. Whoa. And that coming from a guy who's supposed to be a blank stare all night, you know, and he wasn't, he, he was focused and he wow. looked depressed the entire night. Wow. Um, there were other people in the room who shook their head up and down as this entire conversation is taking place. But there were enough guys in that room that expressed that it looked like this Bill real guy knew his stuff. These are stories we had not been told and it is not sitting well with us. Mm. So it was, and, and so when it was done, my stake president uh, gives another little spiel where he is making commentary about, well, no matter what happens, we're going to love the reels, which already tells you I'm done, right? Which already tells you the excommunication is a done deal. Yeah. And even if one member of the family is in the church and one member of the family is out of the church, which is, again, another statement that I'm being excommunicated. Yeah. So this guy tried to play it out. And then he goes into, um, you know, I've got members of my family who are, are uh, yeah, members of my family who are not members of the church, and I love them just the same. And he was setting it up so that he could X me and feel okay about it. Sure. So we exit the room, and uh, I, he wants to go shake my hand. So I go to grab his hand, but then I just pull him in, and I said, you know, you try to play it off. Like me being out of the church is no big deal. But from your point of view, there are serious consequences here. You're severing what you believe to be eternal ties of my marriage to my wife here and my children. So don't just go around acting like it's no big deal, the decision you're making. Yeah. So if I, had, if I haven't lied, which you acknowledge, and he acknowledges in the council, he said, you, had, you didn't lie tonight. And you still have the same integrity you had coming into this. And I thought you had a higher level of integrity uh, as people have reached out to me to tell me who you are and as you and I have met together. Uh, he says, you're smart. You know your stuff. And that was during the, the council itself. So when I pull him in, I'm, I'm saying, you know, you're, you've admitted I'm, I've been honest. All you're saying is I can't say this even if it's the truth. And now you're going to sever eternal ties rather than hold the church accountable? And then I just let go of his hand and he wanted to keep talking, but I just walked away. We just walked out the door. And uh, John was there he caught the tail end of it. So if you on Facebook, John DeLynn's got uh, kind of all the stuff going out in the parking lot during that time. But at the end, he comes up to the window of the door and, and he's shining it through and getting everything as I'm having this end conversation. So you might even, I haven't watched it yet, but you might even catch the last few words of me essentially chewing them out and then walking away from them. Hmm. Huh. I, 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 it couldn't have gone any better the way it went. I mean, I looked over my wife during about halfway through and I looked at her with a little grin and just shook my head up and down because it was, it was perfect. You couldn't have asked for anything more. All you want to do is be able to have the time to tell your truth. I can ask have for somebody more. in the room. Well, sure, but you're not going to get I, it. I want to hear. <laughs> I, I want to hear the recordings that may or may not uh, exist. Uh, so you, you, yeah, you may have to just wait a little bit for those things that may or may not exist. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know that angels above us are silent notes taking. Um, I just yeah. don't know how to access them. So yeah, that's we'll, that's the funny um, thing, right? They've got a perfect transcript, but uh, maybe maybe we'll be. Able there's to only one kind of transcript that's better than angels writing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So we'll see. 
Yeah. Interesting. So, what are you guys, so, uh, how are you guys doing? You guys life treating you guys good? <laughs> this isn't about us, Bill. We're not, we're not here to talk about well, what life's doing for us. In, compa- in comparison, Bill, I think it's, it's water under the bridge. There's nothing going on in our lives. Like you, you take the cake, brother. Cool. Yeah. Now, now, um, so to, to prepare to talk to you today, I, I went and I listened to the interview you did with, with John on Mormon stories last week. It was hard. It was, it was hard for me to listen to that. I'll just say I, I pulled out a couple of clips that I wanted to ask you about, sure. um, but I know that we don't have a ton of time. Um, but I wanted to argue with you about something that you had said. And I thought that okay. that would be fun. Let's do let it. Me, let me, oh boy, the, the controls on this zoom thing. You're going to blame the computer. Come on, man. I, I can't find like, yeah, I can't find. All the- right. Well, while you're doing that, All I right. will say, Bill, that I listened to your interview with uh, Radio Free Mormon, which was really great, by the way. Thanks. Uh, the sort of the precursor to this this last night's meeting. Um, I, I think all the points that you deliver um, should be applauded. I think the fact that you're kind of standing on on just integrity, uh, I think that should be applauded. I mean, I know that you've gotten a lot of love and support and stuff like that. I, I, I would be suspicious if you've gotten any criticism in a negative way. None. I've gotten none. I mean, uh, so the last two days on Facebook, it was literally every minute to three minutes, a personal message was coming in over the course of, you know, during the daytime for those two yeah. days. As, as, uh, as, as should happen, because yeah. you've made a very, very positive impact on thousands of people, so. But, but no, I mean, there might've been two comments out there over the last week where somebody says, you're just doing this for attention or, uh, disagreeing essentially with what, what I was doing. Hmm. Um, really, really the harsher of the nicer comments are, why don't you resign instead of go through this, save yourself the trauma. But I'm I'm telling you guys, it was a, it was a healing experience to walk into that room. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like yeah. close, it's like closing a book, sort of, you know, yeah. kind of tying the bow on something. I'm just telling you, it was crystal clear from my stake president throughout the entire room. Everybody there said, essentially, you told the truth. You just can't do that. And yeah. if you go out telling the truth and the whole room agrees you told the truth and they still have this kangaroo court, then that's on them. It's, it it yeah. really is. And, and, you know, so it's it's interesting to hear you talk about the the dissonance that you saw on some of those guys' faces. And I, you know, the, the, the mental gymnastics, I'm sure that they've got to be going through to feel good about what it is that they've done. Cause the, the point that you made is absolutely right. From their point of view, they feel like what they're doing is casting you into outer darkness for, for timeout until you can, you know, <laughs> until I can repent of telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> repent of telling the truths that you shouldn't be telling because, you know, like there's a, the, the, and this is probably the mental gymnastics that I would have done if I was in their position that they'd say, yeah, well, he didn't say anything that was wrong, but there's, there's parts of this that we must not know. There's, there's gotta be reasons why the Lord's done it this way as a test for our faith. And, you know, so we just need to obey 
his leaders and blah, 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 even yeah. though things seem like it's this. And, and I'm know, sure so. that they even thought that that conflict that was settling in deep within them, obviously that's not from the spirit. So that's obviously from Satan. So, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, the, the, I, I'm not, I, I'm not seeing the controls on here where I can actually share the audio. So I'm going to have to summarize. This is something that you said um, in, in your interview with John DeLynn, you mentioned that um, you, you wish that you were still Mormon. You want to be Mormon. You, you love being Mormon. You want to be Mormon. And then, and then from there you said, it's not your fault that the stories that were told weren't true. It's not your fault. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to listen to it real quick. Cause I, man, I wish I could get your words. <laughs> and yet it's not my fault that the story doesn't add up. It's not my fault that the facts don't lead to a way of putting this back together in a way that you go, yeah, all right, that makes sense. I believe again. Like, that's not my fault. That's not my problem. I take issue with that, Bill. Okay, I want to hear why. Because we know, we just talk about like the mental gymnastics stuff. That is every Mormon's responsibility to, when when there's gaps between the story that's being told and your faith, you're supposed to fill in that gap yourself with your faith, Right. We kind of know that we've, we've deconstructed that we've realized that, Oh, things don't actually make sense in order for them to make sense. You have to bury your head in the sand or twist the facts this way or that. We know that that happens. So then, then can't you say that it is your fault that you're not going to do that anymore? So So I'm taking personal responsibility that I'm, that these pieces that you told me fit together that don't actually fit together. I'm not going to, close my eyes like the emperor's new clothes and go, okay, yeah, that's a beautiful outfit there, emperor. I'm going to go, oh, no, actually, you're naked. You're naked there, emperor. And I could say a few other things that I can see now that I probably won't. But, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but, but so like framing it as it's not my fault. Uh, and I'm thinking about this from a, from a Mormon's perspective as well. They would go, well, yeah, it is your fault because you just need to have faith. You're like, no, I can't have faith anymore. I can't do it anymore. Well, maybe you could, but you wouldn't feel like you were having integrity. Well, it's not my, you know, so, so it's kind of tongue in cheek, but I thought it would be an interesting conversation to, to bring that up and, and have a, a, a discussion about it. So what do you think? Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. So lots of people, when they are as members of the church, they're just born into it, right? They didn't choose to, you know, sure. they're not me where they investigated it and made a decision. Yeah. Um, so they're born into it and they listen, they go to church for three hours every week, starting from, you know, nursery on up. And if you just listen inside church, it, man, it takes a lot before you start to sense like, um, Hmm, something isn't right here. And, and so for those, for most Mormons, they probably don't even ever get there. No, no. In fact, what 90 something percent of active Mormons never get there. Right. Uh, enough for double digit stake growth growth every, every week. week of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> Elder Holland, yeah. That's the Elder Holland quote, right? Elder, yeah. Elder Holland, every week of our lives, even though it's 1.15 to 1.7. I've had people go, Bill, that's, there's another digit on the other side of that decimal. There you go. That's what I was going to say. That's, double, that's what they teach at those really good schools. There's two yeah, but, there. Yeah. In, in the good books and the good schools he's gone to. Yeah. Um, and then Blake Osler just this week says, Bill, that's hyperbole. Everybody knows that's hyperbole. Really? The kids in that audience know that's hyperbole? No. He does it for effect intentionally 
to have people believe stronger than and to think the church is bigger and better and faster growing than what it is. Yeah, and, um, to, take, and to take that approach that exaggeration or hyperbole isn't, you know, a form of lying is ridiculous. Have you ever, right. did you ever do an episode on Paul H. Dunn? We, we've never done a Paul H. Dunn one. No, we haven't. No, uh, Radio Free Mormon just did one recently where he talks about uh, a seaman, Ensign Blair, that is a talk from a 70 and last a seaman before a s-e-a-m-a yeah okay. control yourself Glenn. yeah don't get don't get sexually aroused here on this episode um and he talks so he sets up the episode because this 70 tells a false story and it's blatantly false it's just a stupid false promoting faith promoting uh, story and uh he sets it up by telling the Paul H. Dunn stuff and, and it's yeah. hilarious right all these people feel the spirit well this guy just bullshits them yeah. <laughs> yeah. to talk Every talk guy gets up. I was right. playing for the St. Louis Cardinals. I caught grenades in the air while you know, <laughs> serving for the Marines. It's just all bullshit. And we all throw <laughs> the Holy Ghost around bullshit. And then we don't know. You know then we still think the Holy Ghost is effective. Bull, bullshit. Bullshit's not a very um, accurate way of looking at it, I think. If you take your hands, like if you play the guitar, you play the harp, you play some kind of a string instrument. And you manipulate those strings to make sound. Oh, you know, are you going to say that that's bullshit? Because that's what's happening. You know, it's like th- these stories are manipulating these neural pathways in our brains that make us feel certain things. It, it's creating this emotional music inside of it. Is that bullshit? I mean, it's... Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, The guy knows he's telling a false story. The guy, the guy is... The guys feel shameful about what his real life looks like, that he tells little kids that he was a superstar in the major leagues. He was <laughs> this a, is Paul H. Dunn. He yeah. was a hero in the Marines. And what that points back to is the guy doesn't like who he really is. The guy's a schmuck. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, it always starts with one little lie. He probably did just start with a, a minor exaggeration that built up into this mountain of bullshit. I'm, I'm just saying there's more going on than just bullshit. And when you just go, oh, that's bullshit, yeah. and you gloss over it, then you oh, really yeah, let's, the let's be honest. <laughs> let's make sure us three are being honest. Mormonism has a lot of bullshit. <laughs> everything, and they probably all everything do. Everything is bullshit. Everything's yeah. bullshit. Even science. Oh Even no, people are gonna hate me for oh saying my science is bullshit. I'm just I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But, but back to what you were asking. And feminism is bullshit and no, I'm just playing. Um, back to what you were asking. So for those who aren't reading, those who aren't think, you know, they're just going to church. Honestly, man, they they have no way to figure it out until they have a way to figure it out. So no, I don't think it's their fault. If you want to talk about me, sure, I read from the beginning. But man, the church and its apologist, they make it so difficult for you to feel empowered to dive into the deep story yeah. that on some level, man, there's, there's a lot of effort to obfuscate at every twist and turn in this thing. Yeah, so I, guess, I, I, not, guess, I guess part of my issue with the it's not my fault um, approach is that it, it almost reinforces that you've done something wrong and what you've done it's 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 and you haven't you didn't do anything wrong but but everything that you did you acts you should and i I mean you should take responsibility for and be proud of and you know like it is your fault that you were interested in these things and you read these things and you found the truth that wasn't there was no one that was twisting your arm or forcing you to do that besides yourself you you did this. You walked this path. You're walking it now. You're making decisions and choices that led you to this excommunication. 
And uh, in a sense, you did it to yourself. And you shouldn't feel, uh, you, you know, like you, you, when you were talking earlier um, about what you said to the state president, from his perspective, it's this, you know, horrible thing that he's doing to you. But from the perspective that you brought yourself to, you don't feel like that's really happening to you. You don't feel like there's any kind of eternal ties being severed between you and your wife or your family. Uh, you no, know, not at all. Not at you all. Know, you don't. You don't feel that. And and I assume that you're actually quite happy with where you are. Um, you know, after being a member of the church for as long as you were the way that you did it, uh, what you've done with your podcast, what's happening now with the excommunication. These things are, are things that you can be proud of and go, yeah, this is something that I did actually. And yeah, so, so that, that's kind of where I'm coming from with it. So yes, I am extremely proud of the journey that I've been on and I don't think I would change much at all. Maybe nothing. Yeah. And, but what I'm speaking to is when we first, when you first figure out, uh oh, wait a minute, this thing may not be true. You're the only person in the world and you're scared to death. Yep. To tell your wife, you're scared to death to tell your parents, you're scared to death to tell your people in your ward or your bishop. It, it isn't easy. It's, you know, again, I, so here's the other thing I like to say when, when I've, so I've talked to thousands of people at this point. And the 300 that I've gotten the chance to ask this question to, which is, if you could, would you go back? If you could go back to where it fit beautifully, and, the, and as Elder Uchtdorf said, the church worked wonderfully for you, mm. would you go back? And guess how many people out of those 300 have said yes? Zero. Not a single. Because I was going to say zero. None. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Good answer. Yeah, I was going to say zero. <laughs> um, not a single one. So in the reality, yes, the journey's worth it. Nobody wants to go back. There's well, so much growth and the way you think afterward, all of that's a plus and a positive. Even if relationships get hurt, people still don't want to go back. But it's still, it's still an important question to ponder because you know, it goes back to that matrix analogy, right? Do you want to get plugged back into the matrix after you, you know what you know? No. And the thing is, is even that, you know, you posing that question right now and I, and I, have contemplated it countless times and I do, I hesitate a little bit and it, I, I do always end up on the, no, I would rather not go back. I'd rather know what I know now, but you're, you're the character that wants to go back and get that stake, right? Occasionally. So I entertain that thought though. The thing yeah. is, is because the journey is so painful to get to this point and there are, there, there's been some very high level sacrifices that my I've had to endure and, go through as as bill and glenn i'm sure you guys have too everyone has that has taken this journey it's come at a high high cost and yeah i think it'd be irrational to not think for a second like i don't know has this really you know weighing out all the pros and the cons has it been worth it it i think it has i mean it's more like a 70 30 maybe 64 i don't know but it, it always does i always end up on yeah i'd still rather be where i'm at today even going through all that pain. Yeah. And I think if you say like, would you go back for 10 minutes? I think most of us would say, yeah, let's go back for 10 minutes. But the moment I get to some kind of distance, let's do it for a year. No way. Let's not do it for a year. Yeah. And I, I want, I want to go back for a second with something that you, you, when you were challenging him, Glenn about, you know, you don't actually believe this stuff anyways. What's a big deal. Bill made a point a little bit earlier where he said, yeah, but they do. 
Right. And the fact that they are taking this very strong stance and, and Bill's right when he says, you know, you guys are ripping my family apart. You're, you're putting a, a, a spiritual sever between me and God or, you know, me and my wife and me and my family. And you guys are trying to just play it off like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, we still love you guys. It's no big deal. No, this is, this is a very uh, destructive, very, you know, you know, for all intents and purposes, permanent gesture. I mean, yeah, you can still come back or whatever, but I mean, at the time we're talking about right here, right now. And it's, and it's, it's, it's very uh, disheartening and tragic. And you keep using the word trauma bill. And I think that's an appropriate word for this because it, you know, in their eyes, I don't think they're actually taking into consideration the weight of that decision that they're, all involved with. That's why I, yeah. I still applaud you for, for going through it and not resigning. And, you know, if, if I were to ever get that situation, I would, I've always fantasized about that as well to stand in front of them and say, are you guys really taking under consideration the decision that you're making, you know, from a believer standpoint, do you really do understand what you're doing. Cause it's, they don't, it's because they won't even give you, they won't even give you 90 minutes to talk. I mean, here's your 40 to 60 minutes to figure all this out and goodbye. Yeah, and they don't, and they don't even give you the consideration of what day and time, right? Oh, no, <laughs> right? No, awful, awful. But yeah. it, it would be really, and I'd be really interested to talk to some of those guys that were there and to see maybe someday they will how they how they, they do. Out. You know, like what 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 is the mental gymnastics that they're doing to avoid having to feel the impact of the spiritual violence that they're doing to you because yeah. I, I'm sure that the first thing they would say, well, Hey, we're, we're just responding to things that bill did that we wouldn't yeah. be here if bill wasn't um, well, attacking to, the church and we're here to put to that ownership on. Yeah. They have to put that ownership on bill because if they yeah. take it on themselves and that's, that that's more books on that shelf that's about to crack. And, and so for, for them, uh, and, and I'm just speculating for them to go in with that kind of a, a, a mindset. And then for, for you, bill, to just say here, very calm, very straightforward, collected. Here, here's my reasons why. And they go, Ooh, boy, that doesn't really sound, that's an attack against the church. That sounds like it's exposing things that we don't really like either. I mean, they put them in a really, really difficult situation. I'd love to talk with them and see how they're dealing with that. Um, what I think was the key to last night was on every issue. What I did first was I set it up by telling them the story they grew up with yeah, the artwork, the manuals, the curriculum, and yeah. then I said, "But now we've moved, guys, and you don't even know that we moved." And here's what we've moved to, and I'm just telling you, man, those guys, again and again, there's there's eight guys in that room that I didn't even affect. Those guys just tuned me out or whatever. Sure. But, but there were I only expected if I was lucky to get one, and there's and there's some guys this morning that are googling a few things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll be sending in listener essays. Maybe that'd be awesome. Yeah. Let me know if that ever happens. That'd be cool. That would I was be on cool. Bill Rill's disciplinary court and my shelf fell down. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope people's shelves fall down and people think that's a mean thing to say. But again, if everybody looks back and says, I would not go back, then shelves coming down is the best thing in the world for a human being. It's true. But, but so how, how are you going to repent and get back into the church, Bill? 
man <laughs> what's your path forward now uh i don't know i guess i have to start lying or something because lying seems to make you an apostle and telling the truth seems to get you excommunicated i'll just start, it, it, it I'll has just start to be, bullshitting everybody i'm gonna start telling stories about how i played for the cleveland indians has to be the right kind <laughs> of lie bill quarterback for the browns nobody will, everybody will believe that because there've been so many quarterbacks through that team in the last two decades not just yeah, any lie is going to do no, that's right. It has to make people feel good. Yes. It has to cause lies that cause elevation emotion. Lies that play really beautiful music on the Mormon formed heartstrings. That's right. You got to play that music. You got to strike those notes. Right. That's what you got to do. Right. That's it. That's the secret to Mormonism. That's secret to anything, man. So, <laughs> so I, I, I do want to hear, Bill, what, what your thoughts are of the, the support that you've had, the people that showed up last night, uh, your close family and friends. I, I, I'm imagining that just waves of emotion have been hitting you. Um, the, the most incredible moment is the day before. Again, I wake up. I've got some anxiety. I've got, I'm crying a little bit because I realized like, wow. And it's not, I'm not crying because my membership's coming to an end. I'm crying because of the number of messages I'm getting and the people, I got messages from people more than one uh, who said that I saved their marriage. And I know that sounds crazy, but what, what happened was the wife is falling away or the husband's falling away from the truth claims of the church and the husband or the, or the other spouse is ready to call it quits. And suddenly that person says, okay, I'll give this guy a listen. Yeah. And by listening to Mormon discussions, uh, conversations around the messiness of Mormonism, suddenly these hearts soften uh, and they, and suddenly these marriages make it and they're not, they're not on the brink of divorce. And it was a lady last night, by the way, who said the same thing. So those messages are what made me emotional. Hmm. So here we are, we're 48 hours away, less than 48 hours away. And uh, I reach out to my group of friends here in Southern Utah, close group of friends. Again, Glenn, we've talked about this. I get together with, with about 12 people now. We've got... I know. Uh, Thank you for inviting me to come up, by yeah. the way. I wish I could have. Oh, you missed a heck of a weekend, my I friend. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I reached out 48 hours before and nobody... I, had, I knew there was a vigil, but I, nobody had told me anything about how it was going to be organized. And so I just reached out and said, hey, guys, I haven't heard anything. And I just don't want this on my plate and I don't want to show up and find it. No, nobody's done anything with it. And so all of a sudden, every one of my friends just kicks into gear. I'll bring cups. I'll take this. I'll get heaters. I'll bring my camper. So if people get cold, they can go in the camper where it's heated. It, and, and so my 12 friends all show up last night uh, and a few others from, uh, from Vegas and um, even had a person drive from Illinois to come to come to this. Wow. And uh, yeah, and it's incredible. So to see my friends who in friendships, man, you always like, these are my friends and they love me and I love them. You always, but you're always thinking like, but how far will people really go for each other? Right. Mm. And, and these are just solid people. And so these 12 just set up tables, put up heaters, brought, they made hot cocoa for everybody that was there. That's really cider cool. for people that were there. They had bought donuts. They, wow. and then my friends during the night, night while I'm in there, my friends go around and make these people feel important and make them feel valued for showing up, right? Like, like I'm in the, I'm in the room for an hour and a half. Let me collect myself here. Yeah, man. I'm in the room for an hour and a half doing this disciplinary court thing. And my friends are making every single person who showed up last night feel important yeah. and asking them what their stories are. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's, it's a thousand times more real than anything that happens inside that building. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, I've got the best friends in the world. They're just yeah. the, the most real people been on the same journey I've been on and they think for themselves and they don't mind being different. And we all believe different things and, and nobody has a problem sharing that stuff. And we respect each other. It's just, man, my, my life is golden. Uh, yeah. As long as I can keep my health and keep those 12 people in my family around me. Yeah. We should all strive to be like some of those friends of yours. Yeah. Oh, just, they're amazing. They're better than I am. Hmm. You, you, you may already know this book, Bill, but there, there's a book called Social by Matthew Lieberman that we're reading right now. We're going to be doing a, a conversation on it this upcoming I don't. Sunday. Cool. Um, but it talks about the, the way that your brain is wired and how you respond to social relationships, social interaction. So it's interesting that I've been, I've been reading that and then listening to what you're talking about here, that the way that you're feeling about being socially outcast from the Mormon tribe and, you know, whether you rationally understand it in a certain way, there are certain deep emotions that you're going to be feeling anyway. And then you, and then you've got your new tribe, your group of friends that are supporting you and showing this and how that is impacting you emotionally too, uh, anyway, I just recommend to you, I know you like this, the, those sorts of things. It's a really good book. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, when this interview's over, text me the title. I'd love to read it. it sure. um, I'm fascinated. And again, I know that your book you're talking about is completely different, but I'm fascinated by the book Sapiens. Yeah. If we're right. honest with each other, it's, it's millions and millions of years of evolution. Absolutely. have made us value tribes and community. Um, and, and, it's, and it's why Mormonism is successful, right? It's the one thing it does well is it says, here's your, here's your family and we'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All around myth. And, you know, I know we, we, we're, we're, we're running out of time this morning, but um, we, we should talk about this again another time, you know, like myth and truth and you know, what, what is one of the main reasons why a lot of people become disillusioned with the Mormon church is because these things that we've been told are truth. We find out that they're myth and then we think it's just bullshit. And so we just walk away from it without realizing what we're actually walking away from and what we're actually severing and what's that, how, how that's impacting our, our brains, our bodies, our health overall. It, it's, it's a really interesting discussion. Um, and it's, you know, so the book Sapiens, this book Social that I'm talking about, things like this, um, you know, Jonathan Haidt, uh, The Righteous Mind and, and others, the way that I think about myth and truth and the value of all of these things, it's shifting, it's changing. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm going to throw the, I, I think I'm just going to throw this up. You know, I, I don't think there's really anything that needs there's to no be editing edited either, on this. Um, and people are going to be curious to hear from you. Um, you know, the day after. Um, so we'll, we'll make this available um, for people to listen to. And, and anything, you know, like for, for what's coming up, anything you want to say or can say <laughs> about what um, people can expect? So I know everybody out there who is sensitive to my journey and has kind of followed me as I've done this over the last eight years. Uh, I just want everybody to know, like, I'm, I'm like, I, could, I, I couldn't be more at peace this morning. Uh, I'm just doing great. Like it, it feels like it was, it was exactly the way it needed to happen for me and my, my body uh, to recoup and just cast all of this nonsense off. Good for you, man. Really proud, really proud of you, Bill. And thanks my friend and and your friends. I, I was there in spirit, man. I, I think, I think this whole journey, just the fact that you've been able to 
you know, put it out there so publicly. Uh, I feel deeply honored that you wanted to share it with, you know, even little old me. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, yeah. I appreciate that. I, I'm just I'm glad that there's those of us on the other side here that still have conversations around this stuff and it gives people either a laugh or a way to process. And yeah, I think it's value. I think it's valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, and all this, you know, like whether, whether people stay in the church or they leave the church or whatever, like everybody's on this personal journey and it sounds trite. It sounds cliche, but it's, it's true. the human experience. It's the human, like everybody's experiencing this yeah. world in different ways, Yep. you know? And, and so how, you have to be able to talk, you know, like you, you talk about wh- where's the safe space to be able to challenge something in the church. It, it's not just about the church. Where's the safe space to be able to have any kind of difficult conversation where you're comparing, well, this is the way that I see the world against, well, this is the way that I see the world. And what are we going to do? Are we going to argue about the ways that we see things differently? Or are we going to come together? You know, like we got to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think there's so much value in, you know, things that we've done with the podcast and, you know, your podcast, just having conversations, letting people listen to challenging things and think about it. And, you know, wherever they end up was wherever they end up, but yeah, it's, it's an, it's an important thing. So I, I echo what Tom said and hope, hope you continue to do what you've been doing. Yeah. I don't think anything will change. Nothing's going to change except my name's off one more list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know that. It, did they really take it off? I don't know what they do. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they still count you, don't they? I don't know what they do. <laughs> it helps their numbers. They, they they don't burn the file. It's all hyperbole, anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's all hyperbole, anyway. That's great. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Bill. Yeah, appreciate it. Bill. Have yeah. a good day. Have a, and yeah, yeah let, you let us too. know. Let, let let us know when and if there's ever anything more with like recorded or not recorded stuff you know when when uh the the episode that that you and i did a couple of months ago was a really really heavily downloaded episode for us i mean probably twice the downloads that we normally get um from it um and the our our previous number one episode um for a long time it's not anymore but it was when john delin was excommunicated and we did um excommunication the musical um, and I don't know if you remember that one, but we, but no. we had the transcript of the interview he did with the state president before his excommunication. So we, we, we read that transcript and we kind of like played around with it. That was John Hamer and Randy. And I think it's just the three of us, but, uh, I'd love to do something if they're like excommunication. <laughs> Is there any transcripts two, um, from Bill Reel's thing? So, you know, like I, I'd be happy to, to, uh, to, to play around and do some kind of a thing like that. If that's uh, ever a possibility or something that you're interested in. So. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure in the next few days, things will, things will happen. And when those things happen, then if you guys want to talk again, let's do it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Take the world of you guys. You guys are awesome. Cool. Hi, this is Hillary, Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. If you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? I actually think you've hit on something very important. I think Elder Holland is misleading people and being dishonest. And uh, I think he needs to be held accountable for that. People need to know uh, what the church is doing. Transparency is important. Sunlight is the, is the great disinfectant. 
Oh, I am so glad to hear you say that, John. I'm really, really happy that you have that attitude, that sunlight is the best disinfectant. And we just need to be fully transparent in everything that we do. I'm just really, really happy to hear you say that. Because sunlight, you know, sunlight, sunlight, when it comes, if it comes, it's a good thing, right? Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.